Hi, this is Chris. And this is John. And you're listening to the Nerdy Dadcast. As we kick this episode off, I wanted to actually uh, almost pull the curtain back and uh, share with you, our listeners, a little conversation that uh, John and I had just had about the future of the podcast. I'm sorry to say we're sticking around. Damn it. I know, right? Like, there's listeners that will probably hear that. I'm sorry to say, like, oh my God, these guys are announcing they're done. Um, but no, I am forcing John to continue to, to co-host with me in podcasts. But no, in, in all seriousness, we we wanted to talk a little bit about the evolution of the, the Nerdy Dadcast. So up until now, you've probably noticed that most of our episodes where we talk about a parenting topic, something to do with fatherhood, uh, our kids, stories, experiences, what have you. And then we go in and get ourselves a little bit nerdy. And, and we, we talk about, uh, lately, it's all been about about gaming and uh and that quite frankly is going to be the focus of this episode when we get there but the idea sort of having this or these two sort of bookends to the podcast um is one that we're going to sort of adjust slightly what we're going to do is we're still going to talk about fatherhood parenting our kids stories life's experiences and all that jazz and we're still going to talk about all the dirty stuff that uh, we do because again you and i are both dads and you and i are both nerdy we are that's our life dad cast yep but what we're going to do is we're going to try to sort of refine the focus of an individual episode to be on a particular sort of uh, uh, subject, be it nerdy or be it parenting, fatherhood, what have you, or what makes editing so much awesome, Chris's cell phone going off in the middle of an episode. And I'm not going to go and like re-record this, so we'll just accept that uh, you got to hear my uh, default uh, notification sound. So boring. I would expect something wild and crazy, you know, but default. Yeah. Well, well, so my wild and crazy for me is if someone were to have actually called my phone is the BBC news theme song. I don't know what it is about the BBC news theme song, but, but like, it's like orchestral. It's got like these beeps and, and like, it's, it's almost like a dance mix. I, I, every time we go to the UK, I have to consume BBC news. If only for their like, you know, 60 second or 30 second intro. Beep, 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 you know. That's fair enough. I mean, mine personally, I either have the Legend of Zelda coin sound for like text mm. coming in, mm-hmm. or if it's a phone call, it's actually the theme song from The Littlest Hobo. So, you know, I have my Canadiana in there. I was like, oh, that's a thing I could do. I'm going to do that. So we'll, we'll have that, to do an episode on on stuff like The Littlest Hobo. Yeah. I mean, it's not that I'm going to answer my phone if it rings, but I will sit there and listen to The Littlest Hobo song every time. Yeah. Littlest Hobo, Beachcombers, Danger Bay. And there, there, are, there are young Canadians that just don't know the greatness that are all of these these phenomenal television programs straight out of Canada. Ancient Canadiana. That's right. But no, back on topic. Uh, we're just, as I said, going to refine the focus. We're going to either be nerdy or we're going to be fathers. And while, yes, we are equally the same each and every day of our lives, we thought the episode might be a little easier to follow if we, we focus on one topic. So kicking this episode off, we're just going to get ourselves a whole lot nerdy.
We've been talking a lot about next-gen consoles. Um, initially, what kicked things off was uh, John and I discussing which of the you know consoles we were going to grab, and I think we the two of us had settled on on grabbing PlayStation fives if and when they become available. And then next thing you know, Chris here, myself, I start to to waver in this commitment to the PlayStation, suggesting that oh my Traitor. goodness, this this Xbox Series X it it might be for me, and I, I I'm still somewhat you know in 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 a realm of of you know muddiness and in middle ground i mean maybe i'll just go buy both and try to explain to my wife that it's one console and two pieces kind of like stereo sound stereo video gaming think she'll go with go for it probably not you are a little smarter than that that and she probably listens to our podcast and oh, the cats will be out of the bag but uh this episode is going to be different. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, consoles, video games, and all that jazz. And I think to uh, let the cat out of the bag, if for some reason you haven't already heard, the Xbox Series X pricing came out. Now, some backstory here. Initially, it wasn't Microsoft officially releasing the pricing. It was uh, leaked uh, late in sort of the evening. I mean, for you and I on the West Coast, I think it was around like 9 p.m. on like a, a Monday night or something like that. Um, but, you know, wee hours of the morning for those of you who might be on the uh, the other side of uh, our continent or who knows what time it was if you happen to be uh, on an entirely different continent. And what has normally occurred in the past when some of our sort of big, um, you know, technology manufacturers encounter leaks, they just don't acknowledge them. They go, you know full steam ahead. We've got a plan. We're going to execute on our plan. Microsoft did something a little bit different on social media. They tweet out a meme. It's sort of the, you know, the, the side eye, like, whoops, what was that meme? And, uh, that was interesting because normally these big brands, they don't tweet outside of sort of consumable hours. It was like, I want to say like 1am Eastern or something like that was when they, they shared it. And then the following morning, they officially confirmed that, as you already know, the pricing of the Xbox Series X is this, and the Xbox Series, is it XS or S? Series S? Xbox, is, it's both. It's X and S, right? X and S, yeah, yeah. That's. It, I'm sorry, it's so confusing. Like, I really wish, like, Microsoft could accept that there is a much easier way of naming, uh, such as the version that this, you know, Sony does with PlayStation. You don't have the PlayStation QVR. It's the one, two. Well, the one wasn't one. It was just PlayStation. But then they have a two, three, four, five. So much easier to consume. Anyhow, uh, US dollars. The Series X is uh, is going to set you back. I think it was what five hundred bucks, four ninety nine. And the uh, the Series S is going to set you back. Uh, is I think three hundred bucks, two ninety nine. If I if memory serves me correct. Now, the, the big difference between the two is obviously what's inside. Hardware is a little bit uh, less powerful for the Series S, but there's also no optical drive, which means it is purely built for those of us who may want to go and consume digital content. But for the purposes of myself, and I'm going to suggest maybe that that sort of meets our need. We're not looking for necessarily the optical drive or the, you know, the greatest, latest power. But what this has also probably done in having the price point set as it is, is now set the tone for what Sony will do. And word has it, Sony has now looked at their pricing strategy and is giving it a rethink, which is almost like the tables have somewhat turned. If we think back to the previous generation, 
Microsoft set the price point. And Sony came out and said, yeah, we're going to price ours for $100 less. And by the way, better exclusives at launch. Uh, Microsoft learned their lesson and they've come out and said, you know what? We're going to price our product at a price we don't think you can meet. Sony's going to. I can't see Sony pricing a next-gen console for more than than one Microsoft has. So I'm curious because I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention to this. I did see it come out, but you know, I'm I'm been pretty strictly team PlayStation. I have no interest in picking up an Xbox. So I haven't actually been paying that much attention. What is the difference or have they even said what the difference is between the X and the S other than the X is a big ass or a big box and uh, the S is much tinier, and I guess it was on Phil Schiller's shelf when he gave a news conference a few months ago, and nobody noticed. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, personally, I found it really interesting some of the discussion coming out of it. Where you know, me, I was just like, yeah, digital all the way. I don't need discs anymore. I don't. I, they just pile up, and I don't want them. But then people started talking about how people still, you know, you go and you sell your old discs, and you can't do that with digital. And that's part of how they buy new games and stuff. And it made me a sort of recognize my own privilege and that I don't need to worry about by selling old games to buy new ones. I can just buy new ones when I want to, but that is part of the culture and part of um, all of this. And then, you know, also we've had the news this last week that uh, GameStop, which again, I don't know how GameStop even exists anymore, but it's part of that whole selling your discs and getting ripped off and trading them for new ones. And but they're they're shutting down a whole bunch of their stores. So there's a, there's a lot of things going on with all of these uh, all these things this week. So I guess I'll go back to what I originally asked. What's the difference between the X and the S and the triple X? Oh no, there is no triple X. It's just X and S. <laughs> no, that's the version you get behind a squeaky door at the that GameStop. That's probably closing yeah. doors. Yeah. Um, okay. What is the difference between the two? I I, I will be first to concede I'm not completely familiar uh, with the Xbox series because I, again I I my waffling has only been taking place in so much as which direction I'm going to go, but I haven't really committed to actually choosing which of the two. But with what little I do know, the Series S is their all-digital uh, console. The the Again, the premise being the optical drives being pulled out. And the hardware itself is a little less powerful, uh, meaning that the you know, graphical quality, the, the actual resolution that you're going to be able to get out of the Series S will also be reduced. Now, I'm going to be the first one to t- say that it probably isn't... Um, something I'd notice. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a video file. I'm not an audio file. So you could probably put the two in front of me and I'd be like, what's the difference? You know, hearkening back to the old Pepsi test taste test days when I used to get the Coke and Pepsi products mixed up because they both taste the same to me. Well, (laughs) same concept here. Okay. You're saving 200 bucks. That said, um, I believe the series S also has a slightly smaller drive, which is kind of weird. You would think that if they were going to offer an all digital product, it would have at minimum the same hard hardware or sorry, at least similar hard drive size or SSD size that the series X would have. If I, if memory serves me correct, you're only going to get uh, like 512 gigs in the, the series S, but you'd get like a terabyte in the X. Okay, so that right there seems kind of brutal to me because, I mean, my PlayStation 4 has a 500 gig hard drive. I think it was the base model originally came out. 
And constantly now, I anytime I put a game on, I mean, we've talked about Red Dead Redemption. That's just the first one that pops up in my head. Red Dead Redemption 2 was like 110 gigs. So if you mm-hmm. want to have more than one game on a future console, because you gotta, you got to assume that with the next generation and with that graphical upgrade and with all the other upgrades, that the games are only going to get bigger. So then, really, is it just a matter of you can fit one game or two games on that uh, system before you have to... Say, no, I can't play anything else. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, I actually, I'm just here reading the differences here. So, to confirm, the X will come with a terabyte internal SSD. It'll also have an expansion slot if you want to put in an additional proprietary terabyte drive. So, it's not like, you know, I upgraded my old PS4. I just swapped out the drive that was in there and I actually put in a hybrid drive. Not full SSD at the time because the pricing hadn't quite reached that point where it made sense. But I was able to swap. Um, with uh, Microsoft, they're sticking with the whole proprietary part. But that said, it'll also support USB 3, and uh, you can have external hard drives plugged in. So I guess there is sort of a saving grace there. Okay. The Series S, though, is only going to have a 512 gig SSD. Uh, but the thing about it is that it's not going to go and... Um... Okay, so this is the part, is it says... Thankfully, it'll support the one terabyte expansion card that will be available separately. So, okay, if I'm reading this correct, they you can still put that proprietary one terabyte into either one of them, but for one reason or another, they decided to start the digital-only box with half the space, which is nuts because, so, you know, to your point, like how many games can you put on that? Like Call of Duty Warzone, which is currently a very popular title because uh, it's Warzone is free, is 100 gigs. Yeah. So that's, that's one game. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And so to me, that's sort of, that's how they put the lower price on it was keeping it with a low hard drive and then saying you can buy this other card, which again, you know, how much does a ter- terabyte card cost? They haven't said that hmm. for sure. And uh, my guess, I mean, just offhand, you know, given it's their own proprietary technology, it's probably going to be in the... Eh, $150, $200 range, which pumps it back up to the whole $500 deal to begin with. So, yeah, it's a little bit of trickery, I think, maybe. But, you know, maybe. Maybe maybe people want that. And, like, there's not many people, I don't think, that are going to go out and say, well, you know, I want the Xbox Series whatever, but since they have this $300 one, I'll just buy that because that's much better. I mean, I think your true Xbox gamer is going to go for the main system. And yeah, maybe you'll get some crossover guys that are like, oh, $300 for a system, good point. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you can go and buy a PlayStation 4 Pro, which will probably be $300 at that point, or an Xbox, whatever it was, you know. I think, you know, if you're those crossover gamers are probably going to go for the last system, which still has a lot of games and still has a lot of uh, punch in it. So, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. It, yeah, totally. And I mean, just to sort of tie this up on a few of the other differences that I wasn't quite sure, but now that I'm looking it up, I might as well share. Uh, they're going to be both powered by a uh, by a custom Zen 2 8-core processor, but the XCPU is going to be running at 3.8 gigahertz per core. The S is at 3.6 gigahertz per core. So technically, it's a little bit of a slower CPU pro, uh, experience. The Series X is going to have up to 12 teraflops of graphical processing, uh, whereas the Series S will only have four. So you're, if you, you put that into perspective, that's a third of the, the actual graphical processing power. So you're, we are seeing differences here. 
Yeah, so I was gonna I was gonna jump in there and say I don't care about any of that. But when you put it in perspective like that, where the differences are that huge, I mean, for me personally, I haven't really cared about processing power and all of that since I was a kid. And we went from eight bit to sixteen bit. We were like, yeah, this is a sixteen bit system. It can do so much more. Mm-hmm. As things went on, and when you say teraflops, you're just sort of these days. If I'm teraflop, yeah, my eyes are sort of roll over and I don't care. Mm-hmm. But when you have that significant of a difference between the two things, then this sort of goes back to my earlier point. Yeah, the and really where we're you know where we're getting to is the actual graphical output. So the Series X uh, is going to be able to support games in a full 4K resolution. Uh, the Series S is going to be up to to 1440p. So you're you know for me who's not a video file, probably not going to really notice too significant of a difference. And I, I don't actually have a 4K TV right now, so really. The, you know, I could use this as an excuse to get one. I'm sure my wife would be totally happy. I have the stereo video game consoles and I now need my, you know, newer 4K TV to play them on. But I think if we think about this in perspective, who's going to go for the Series X? They're going to, the, that's going to be the, the person who wants top of the line or optical is where it's at. Like, and it may be that they'll, you know, just out of ease, I want the larger hard drive. Like there, there are sort of those three, three groups. Who's going to go for the Series S? The ones that maybe aren't as too concerned? Or is this the entry-level device for, you know, uh, Johnny and Jane and Timmy and Sally who, you know, ask their parents for the new Xbox? And do they really, like, you know, I I don't know. I think about, like, when we got into gaming, there was a Nintendo yeah, or so I mean, that's a that's a solid point as well. Um, you know, and also not only that, but say Microsoft has that one exclusive that you want to play, like for instance, you know, Spider Man on the PS on the PlayStation. That's mm-hmm. a key game for me. If it wasn't for Spider Man, I might be a little more wishy washy in which way I was going to go. But I'm like, no, I'm playing that game, so I need a PlayStation Five. Mm-hmm. Now, if there was a game like that on Microsoft that I was really, oh, I should really play that. I might be tempted to get the Series S at $300 because I'm not going to play a whole lot of games and it'll play the game that I want it to play. But uh, but yeah, that's, that might be another reason for me to get it. But I don't know. And I, you know, I just want to point out, if I happen to get both consoles, and that's a big if, like I'm not simply going out there and being a um, early adopter for both. If I do get both consoles, though, the second console is not going to have an optical drive. It serves no purpose for me. Um, and in fact, it's possible that both of the consoles I get have no optical drive, but you know, I'm, I'm still in this weird spot because as I sort of talked about in previous episodes, there are some, some Microsoft titles that I'm interested in and Microsoft is really evolving the idea of, of gameplay and, and it comes to their sort of online product. So back in the day. I want to say it was PlayStation that first introduced the concept of PlayStation Plus. You had to pay to get online. You paid a monthly fee, and it was simply to get online access to your games. Eventually, Microsoft introduced the Xbox Live, and they had their sort of equivalent to competing platforms. You pay to go online. As time went on, people started to get a little bit smarter. Like, well, wait a minute. If I have to pay to get online, and I got to pay to play these games, and I have a computer that I can buy these games on, and I have to pay to get online, that's what I'll do. And so to help themselves evolve, both uh, Sony and Microsoft introduced this concept of you get something more. So like um, Sony offered a handful of titles each month for free, so long as you were a PlayStation Plus customer, Microsoft offered something similar. They then both introduced their streaming sort of 
um, game options where you could sort of subscribe to a variety of different titles. But Microsoft took it to another level where they're like, you know, if you if we offer the title, if us or any of our sort of developers that are under the Microsoft, uh, you know, Game Studios umbrella were to develop, we will include this. And they've redefined this package called, um, I think it's called like Ultimate Game Plus. It's, it's more than their their subscription service was, but it also includes Xbox Live. So it's certainly an all a la carte service. It's actually priced lower than what you would get something equivalent from Sony with. But they're taking it to another level where you're now going to be able to stream content over your network connection to your device, but not just your Xbox console. You can stream onto your Android phone. You can stream onto your Android tablet. You can stream onto your computer or your laptop, wherever you happen to be, connect a controller. You'll notice I haven't said iOS, and that's because Microsoft has decided it's just too hard to work within the Apple ecosystem with what it is they're looking to execute on. That might change over time. But what they're doing is they're really evolving this idea of sort of uh, how people consume games. To your point earlier about how like the GameStop, uh, you know, uh, issue of sort of resales is, is being impacted. Yeah, digital downloads are a big contributor to that. But now you don't even have to download the entire title. You can stream it over a robust internet connection. Uh, I have a fiber connection here with a synchronous upload and download and a plan that provides me unlimited. And I use that with an asterisk because nothing's truly limited. There's some terms of service that says, you know, fair use, blah, blah, blah. But if I have a 512 gigabyte SSD in a console that doesn't have to download 100 gigs of Warzone to play again, can adequately stream that content in real time to my device so that I'm pulling it from the cloud. That's an evolution in gameplay that we have yet to truly see executed. So it could be that Microsoft pulls that off and again, pulls me back into the whole clutch of uh, Bill Gates and his merry few. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing as well, because I mean, again, we live in the city. We live, we have quote unquote strong internet. I mean, compared to a lot of the outlier regions, we certainly do have strong internet. We do have a monopoly in Canada. So our service is fairly limited, but, but yeah, I mean, once you're outside the city, you don't, your market goes down in that. I mean, Mm -hmm. Microsoft can't really do anything about dial up internet and you know well i don't imagine if you're on dial up you're using not consoles to, for online play not to insult our, our listeners from spasm we appreciate each and every one of you but uh that was just my first example and yeah totally yeah. the uh the reason i sort of again bring this up and the fact that i'm sort of swaying over to microsoft is i'm curious how you know sony will will adapt. I mean, Sony and Microsoft, they continue to set bars for each other. And then each one of them goes and reaches for the bar that the other has gone and set. It's, it's a two horse race right now in the console market. Nintendo's out there doing Nintendo things because Nintendo's just in a world of their own. They don't truly have to compete with the other two, but you know, there hasn't really been any word about what an equivalent Sony service would be. And I was actually reading an article where someone suggested that Sony partner with Google who has their Stadia product and somehow work out a deal. But I can't, I can't see that relationship working because Google Stadia is truly meant to have a Chromecast, a controller, and that's all you need. I can't imagine Sony would be keen to go and bare bones it to that level and not have an actual console in your house. So yeah, time, time will tell us to what they plan to do to to adapt to what we already know Microsoft is going to be doing. My other curiosity is the VR lens of Sony. I, I sort mm-hmm. of, you know, I've been, I played, I had a friend that had the VR system a couple few years back. 
I got to check it out. I got to play the Arkham Asylum VR. And I mean, putting on Batman's mask in your VR is just like, that's a cool moment. So yeah, my son, he tried VR. It's something we, we were out and an arcade had VR. So I paid the 10 bucks and let him try it. And he loved it. And so he wanted to get VR. And I said, well, you know, PlayStation does have VR, but we're too late in the generation now. I'm not going to buy that system. I'm going to wait and see what they come out with for the next system and how that grows. So that's an, that's an interesting point for me is where, you know, Xbox has sort of given up on that. They're not really into that whole thing. So that's sort of an interesting area for Sony to see what exactly they do because they have a lot of really interesting games that are coming out for it. So again, mm-hmm. you know, selection. The Yeah, VR, like I, I've not had an opportunity to immerse myself in the world of VR. I just haven't, unfortunately, uh, been around an opportunity. And, and while I've sort of kicked around the idea of looking into it, it's not been something I've gone to pursue. I don't know if I would have ever purchased the PS4 uh, you know, VR um, kit. It just didn't make sense in my mind at that point in time. Though what I kicked around is the concept of possibly grabbing an Oculus. As mm. much as I'm, I'm not as keen with the whole sort of Facebook, not the Facebook connection. I can sort of tolerate that. I'm on Facebook, but it's how it's so immersive in the Facebook experience right now. I'm, I'm a little apprehensive of providing more of my data, my information and all that. That's true. So then there's the HTC. Is it the Vive or Vive? And I'm, I think I'm going to sort of play this one out. Um, yeah. Well, when, when we get out of these COVID times and when we're allowed to see people again, you know, you can come, come over and try mine out at some point. We'll, We'll get that up 2022 or just in time Mm -hmm. for the nerdy granddad cast. We'll see how it goes. Um, Flipping back a little bit though. Did you see Nintendo's uh, announcement this last week of uh, Mario and his 35th anniversary and all of that? Yes. I'm totally going to play Mario super Mario battle Royale. Now I am like when Tetris 99 came out, I got hooked and I just, I, I love Tetris and you know, I found that I actually managed to win it. I think I've I've won oh. the ninety nine battles probably a dozen times now. I'm not you know, I'm not up there, but I certainly mm-hmm. take a win and my kids cheer and go, Ooh, how did you do that? Because it's just like it's a Zen space for me. I get really calm and can just sit there and turn my brain off and just yeah. swing tetraminos all over the place. Now, the Mario one, I thought that's really interesting. I mean, again, I'll play it, but I think it's gonna be very yeah. cool. Now what I'm really, you know, and I'm, we've said many times before in the past, we are Nintendo fanboys. That's where we came from. That's where our history is. But this whole thing, I feel a little bit, uh, I don't know. I'm feeling like Nintendo is just playing this a little bit wrong. I mean, once again, you have Nintendo remakes, which is great. I had a Wii U. I played Super Mario, whichever was the Wii U one. Um, and now, you know, they've remastered it for the, for the switch, but 80 bucks and they have the super Mario 3d all-stars, which again, remastered for the switch to a certain point. I mean, Mario 64, Mm -hmm. which I haven't played in years and would love to play, but again, you know, three games, 80 bucks and these ones. And also just the whole idea that these are limited time sort of, um, you know, there's no reason for them to make something limited time other than to make it like the the old Disney vault where it's, you know, we're going to put these away. And and yeah, so this whole thing is, I looked at the four games they announced, you know, if I buy them all, it's 320 bucks, which, Hey, that's more than an Xbox series S for four games. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of feeling a little bit robbed by Nintendo this Mm -hmm. time, because, you know, as you notice with Nintendo, 
we're, we were just talking about Xbox, and you can get all the games from the past and all that. That's fine. But with Nintendo, you know, every generation, you have to buy Super Mario Bros. again. You have to buy. Mm-hmm. And so over the course of my life, I've spent probably three, I don't know, two, three hundred bucks just on Super Mario Bros., the original. And once you get up here and you're now at this point and it comes out and it's 35 years, it's 35 years of making you pay money for Super Mario Brothers. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not so far into this one. Now, the Hyrule Warriors one, I mean, I was a big Zelda fan. My kids are going through Breath of the Wild right now, and I've even started that up again. So the Hyrule Warriors one, I'm like, yeah, okay, you give me a new backstory. I'll try the game. I didn't try any other ones, but I'll try it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it seems a little much this time. Yeah, so I mean, I I was poking fun at the the Super Mario Battle Royale. It's it the I never was so that so good at the Tetris one. My problem with te- the Tetris uh, ninety nine is I would be doing really well, and then suddenly everyone else it's like uh, Light Force, like <laughs> I lose, yeah. and I don't. I obviously I know that that's not what people were doing, but I must reach a certain point in the game where I then transition to be the target of the majority of people still playing. That's fair. Um, Super Mario Battle Royale. Oh, I'm going to totally play it. Like it's it's the old school. Like we're talking original Super Mario Brothers, and how you interact is you when you get to a certain point or you accomplish certain feats, you then send you know uh, enemies and other obstacles uh, your uh, your competitors' way, which I, I think it, it'll add the spice or the variety to a game that I would imagine for our generation and even maybe a generation just behind us slightly um, already knows like you, I bet you you could go and play super Mario brothers with your eyes closed. Oh yeah. Blindfolded easily. Yeah. Like we know where the jumps are. We know what the enemies are coming because we played it so many times about the only thing we might not be able to do effectively is to time the perfect jump onto the flagpole. But um yeah, I have to agree. I think Nintendo is, as you had sort of pointed out, going into the way of the Disney vault. They're they're extrapolating more value on on nostalgia by executing the strategy they are. And they've realized that nostalgia can actually sustain long term when you generate that nostalgia with the 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 presence of this timer. If it goes into the vault, it'll never come out again. Because I you think back to those Disney ads. How many times did uh, a movie like the lion king oh it's going to go in the vault and never be seen again and we you know as kids we might have bought into that concept but really from a marketing perspective it'll never be seen again until five years from now at which point the vault opens and look what's there oh my god it's the lion king who would have thought we thought we lost it yeah and whatever the switch or switch 2 is you know all these games will have to come up for it again so the vault will open i mean going mm-hmm. back to like i think that was a, the story of the original super mario all-stars 2 way back when which i think was that was that a super nintendo one i don't I um, remember the first time it came out 64 was it 64 i think or, yeah, yeah. Well, the first time that came out, that was sort of a, a limited thing, and they then released it again a few years down the road with uh, Super Mario All-Stars Plus. And so these things go on and on and on. But I'm just kind of, you know, after 35 years of Mario, I think, you know, I'm getting a little, I might be a little touchy about it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll see. So, yeah. yeah. And I agree. I mean, we're, we're reaching that point where, where as adults who consume we're paying attention to the dollars that we're spending on video games and gaming environments. And we remember how much money we spent getting that same game that you sold us so long ago on the same device, remastering it only so much to the point that you can use the word remaster. Yeah. And on the flip side with those, I mean, if you haven't played those games, they're all great, great games. And I mean, I personally like super Mario sunshine. I think that's the only one I didn't actually get through all the way. So 
I kind of if if I bring myself around to paying eighty dollars for the three of them again, and I might, then that would sort of be the one for me that I'm looking at. But you know, mm-hmm. if you haven't played any of those games, then go ahead, play. They're great. The last thing I wanted to touch on is to uh, discuss what might be happening with PlayStation 5 this upcoming week. So as we already know, uh, Microsoft has been forced to somewhat release pricing details. Uh, They plan to have a bigger event. They may still have that bigger event, but at this moment in time, their pricing is out. We still don't know what the pricing of the Sony PlayStation 5 uh, series uh, will be quite yet. Uh, I would imagine we'll know relatively soon, and that's because Sony has announced that they are having a digital showcase. It'll be on Wednesday, September 16th at 1 p.m. Pacific. And uh, they've promoted the event as one more look at some of the great games coming to the PS5 at launch and beyond. So if we think about it, we already know a lot of the launch titles. And while it might be cool to get another look at Spider-Man, Miles Morales, like... I agree. I, I want to sort of see more of the game. I imagine that they're just using this under the the guise of, oh, we're going to show you more titles. And by the way, it's going to cost this much money. Um, this is where the rumors have started to come into play that it's possible that Sony is now reacting to the Microsoft pricing and will likely go and, and price their consoles accordingly. And again, for those who have already forgotten it, uh, a Series X was going to be $499 uh, US and the Series S is $299 US. What the Canadian equivalent will be, we won't know until that comes out. It may or may not be representative of the exchange rate, but um, still can't pre-order either of them. I, I believe the Xbox Series, you can start to pre-order in just over a week's time. Uh, there was that sort of pre-registration uh, for PlayStation, but the fine print said only Americans. And apparently a, someone reached out to Sony who said, oh, this is only available to uh, those residents in the United States. We'll cancel the orders of those who don't live in the U.S. So, John, oh, you man. and I are, we're out of luck on that. I thought we were special. If that holds true. Oh, well, yeah. okay. I was hoping, but oh, well. But uh, again, we'll know more on uh, on Wednesday, this coming week, what's going on with the, the PlayStation 5. And maybe, just maybe, I'll have maybe committed to the console that I can go and, and pre-order. Or could it be that I don't even get to choose? I simply pre-order the one I can pre-order. I don't know. Or they could both have mini consoles and you could just order two mini consoles. Who knows? That's, that's true. My yeah. stereo video game experience yeah. brought to me by a combination of Microsoft and Sony with a little Nintendo mixed in in the middle. Oh, this is a bigger episode than I would have imagined it would have been with us talking about video games. But hey, you know, we are two nerdy dads and uh, you're probably going to hear us talk more as uh, as we sort of compare our pre-orders into the holiday season. Holiday season is nearly upon us. It's amazing that when we kick this episode or this episode, this podcast off, the episode hasn't been going on for over a year, but the podcast off, I mean, we're getting into a holiday season considering we kicked this off around a previous holiday season. That's pretty cool. It is very cool. Yeah. Anywho, um, as we normally do at the end of every episode, I'm going to ask that if you've made it this far and you enjoyed what you had heard is to click that subscribe button, wherever it happens to be in whatever podcast application you happen to be listening to us on. Or if you happen to be listening to us live at nerdydadcast.com, that's equally awesome, though you might find uh, setting up a podcast app of some sort and whatever device it is that you use might be easier way to ensure you don't miss another episode of the nerdy diecast plus if you are already a subscriber and you enjoy what it is you hear from myself and john please tell a friend friends tell friends about the nerdy diecast plus word of mouth is by far the most 
valuable support that you can provide us short of millions and millions of dollars and, you know, sponsorship opportunities from both Sony and Microsoft, as well as maybe Nintendo on the side, getting us on the newest consoles. Yes. And also feel free to follow us on both Twitter and Facebook. Uh, so far, our pages on Twitter and Facebook haven't really been much, but we're talking about upping that and sort of starting to reach out a little bit more. So we would appreciate, you know, if you want to follow us, get in there, sort of give us a kick in the butt and say, hey, you guys start talking a little more. And also, if you want us to talk about anything, I mean, today we talked about video games. If you want us to talk about anything fatherhood related, we certainly still talk about those. But requests, give us requests. And if we think we know anything about that, or even if we don't, we will try to riff and see how we go. So please get those in at Nerdy Dadcast. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, this sort of goes back to that episode long, long time ago now when Baby Four stuck a pee up her nose. If you, your child, or if someone you know happens to stick something up their nose, it is probably an appropriate topic that we can deal with here on the Nerdy Dad cast. So, yes, yeah, so there's don't, an idea already. Don't call a medical professional in that case, just tweet us. Yeah, tweet the dads. So you can find us, as I said, nerdydadcast.com at nerdydadcast on Twitter and facebook.com slash nerdydadcast. So any final words of wisdom for all of our listeners there, John, before we sign this one off? Yeah, actually, I should probably just counter what I just said. No, if somebody, if your kids stick something up their nose, call a medical professional first and then follow the Nerdy Dadcast. Mm, okay, see, that's I would have never said that. That's why you're here. Exactly. To provide the sage advice while I go and provide the, uh, is it like time advice? Like we're talking about sage and time or is it parsley? Right. I'm not entirely sure. Spicy. But on yeah. But on behalf of John, myself, Chris, I'm gonna sign this episode off asking you to stay nerdy, my friends. <laughs>